you're listening to the Telltale Channel. Don't forget to check me out on all social media, Patreon, Twitter, Teespring, and Etsy. All links can be found in the description or on my website, telltaleatheist.com. In this podcast, we're going to talk about Mike Lindell coming right off the hinges, if he was on them to begin with. Extremist politicians I've covered who've lost their elections. Christian Walker, Herschel Walker's TikTok famous son, losing his mind at everything and everybody. We also take voicemails. If you want to leave a voicemail, the number is 1-800-701-8573. If you want to send an email instead, the email address is telltalemailbag at gmail.com. Also, I removed the email address from all descriptions because I've been getting just a massive amount of spam lately. I think bots are trolling my videos and going through the descriptions and finding any mention of any email address at all and signing me up for all kinds of stupid stuff. So that's the email address if you want to send an email to me, telltalemailbag at gmail.com. Hi, Owen. Have you seen this incredible footage of, to my knowledge, the only televangelist who ever came clean? This is from Gordon, by the by. It's absolutely fascinating. The tricks he exposes are still used to this very day. Sent a link to me, and it was pretty interesting, actually. I decided to pull the video up and just watch a little bit of it. So I figured we'd just watch a a minute or two, see what this guy had to say. There's there's one guy that gets into it so heavy that he's into, he prophesies. And he told me how he did it. He sat right, I mean, he looked right across the table, back and forth at me. And, and he told me how, you know, how he confiscates money. He says he's on this station, it's over 40 states, and uh, he'll go on there and he'll be, get on the radio and he'll say, I know that listening to my little voice tonight, that there's some lady out there and you've got $10 put away in a cookie jar. Now God spoke to my heart and told me to go and tell you to get that $10 and get it in the mail and send it to me and God will bless you. God will give you a reward such as you have never known before. Then he comes back to me and he tells me, he says, if you're on the radio and you're going over 40 states and you're on at prime time, you've got thousands of people listening, the chances are that there are at least two or 300 little old ladies who've got a $10 bill in a cookie jar. And so if you even get, you know, if a couple hundred go over and get it and send it to you, that's two grand that you've made just like that that's deeply depraved stuff dude deeply depraved stuff and they're they're doing it to this day same tricks they're using statistics against people they're doing everything they can to line their pockets with money and fleece gullible suckers for every penny they own they've been doing it that way since the beginning this guy i believe was doing his whole thing in the 70s or something or 50s to 70s i believe somewhere in there They're charlatans. They're charlatans. They're snake oil salesmen. I can't say this for every one of them, but I know at least some of them know exactly what they're doing and are intentionally doing it just to fleece gullible suckers. I don't know how many of them even believe what they're saying is true. I don't know. We'll we'll probably never know, but I do know at least some of them are faking, just straight up faking. If you believe, if you don't have that much faith, then you shouldn't come down anyhow. Even young people, anyone who wants to come down, if you want to believe for someone in your life, I want you just to give us a $20 bill is the largest bill you got, but I want you to get that out. If it's a 10, I want you to get that out. If it's only a dollar bill, I want you to get that out. But I'm asking you to prove God with whatever the largest offering that you have tonight. You know, you don't, you don't get meetings or you don't get booked back unless you have a gimmick 
or as the, the evangelists say, it's a it's a, a ministry. Like it, it's incredible. They'll say, "Oh, brother, so and so, he's got the ministry of laying on of hands, or he's got the ministry of prophecy." But that's that's Perry Stone. I've covered Perry Stone a few times. Gimmick, and the guys that have the gimmicks get the big meetings and do good. And I mean, I used one time. I had a thing where there's a special kind of ink you can buy, and you put it on. And with perspiration, when the salt starts to come out and you start to perspire, uh, it'll turn red. And so I painted a cross. You know, I just did a cross like this in my head. And while I was preaching, uh, the cross started to show immediately. People started nudging each other, you know. And, of course, it started. It went away, I think, after a while. It only lasts so long. I wiped so I don't remember. But afterwards, I mean, like, I had that whole audience. I had one of the biggest meetings that I've ever had because they saw that cross. and said, oh, Brother Marge, while you were preaching tonight, the cross was over your head. I mean, that was convinced them, you know that it was really very, very real, and it made it very easy for me to uh, take offerings. It's all snake oil. It's all charlatanry. It always has been. They are only out to separate fools from their money, nothing more. And you got people like Kenneth Copeland out there telling them that there are quack cures that can cure them of the flu or whatever else, vitamin C. Take enough vitamin C, it'll heal you. It is wrong on so many levels. If there was a hell, if there was a hell, they'd be going to it. I don't think there is. I don't believe for a second that there is. But if the hell that they believe in existed, if the God that they believed in existed, you can bet that they'd be going there. It's absolutely depraved stuff. Not your magazine. The magazine, you show pictures of what you're trying to do, and then you raise dollars for uh, projects, mainly what you... The projects you do, like, they raise money for missionary projects, say, to go to Haiti, but they'll take in tens of thousands of dollars and maybe only spend a few thousand. So you work that as a business. Then you follow up. Uh, from your magazine and your radio, you used to build and you go into one or two night crusades and auditoriums. Yeah, this is actually a pretty common trick. Create a nonprofit organization, right? Have yourself elected as a board member or as the president or whatever else. Bring in massive amounts of donations, like tens of millions of dollars from all of your donors, and start paying out as an employee, paying out to yourself. So you're an employee that's paying yourself $500,000 a year. The company's only bringing in $600,000 a year. So the, the other $100,000 is going toward actually running operations and maybe sending a few thousand dollars to actual real aid. It's a money-making scheme. I'm honestly surprised that Donald Trump didn't create this election fund or whatever. Like, he totally could have created this nonprofit and then still funneled all the money to himself. He didn't even bother creating this election fund, as it turns out. He fundraised $250 million or something like that by telling people he was trying to raise money for election integrity, an election integrity fund. He's going to fund lawsuits and stuff. He didn't even create the organization. Didn't even create it. It's just charlatans. They're all charlatans trying to separate gullible fools from their money. That's it. All the way down. Hey, this is Owen. If you're comfortable, leave your first name and state at the sound of the tiny truck backing up. Hi, Owen. This is Dorota. As you see, I'm very nervous. This is the second time I'm calling. But I just have a one question for you. Um, it's about the prophecies 
concerning the end of days from the Bible. I know that uh, Old Testament, the Jewish Bible, talks about uh, Gog and Magog, and Gog will be a man um, attacking Israel from the north. Um, and also the New Testament talks about Gog and Magog, but that has to do something with second coming of Jesus. I don't quite understand that, but I know that the evangelicals talk about it. Uh, so if you could, we'll be, if you will be able to explain those two differences, I would appreciate it. And I love your show. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Yeah, I appreciate that. That's a really interesting question. Evangelicals do talk about Gog and Magog a lot. There's a weird mention of it in Ezekiel 38, I think, is where Gog and Magog are mentioned. But anyway, every Christian organization or every Christian ideology has their own spin on what Gog and Magog are. Jehovah's Witnesses have their own idea about it. I also noticed you talking about the King of the North and the King of the South. Jehovah's Witnesses have a whole belief about that, too. And they talk about it in one of their newer books. Um, I forget the name of it now, but it's about it's a, it's all about the book of Ezekiel. Anyway, let's just read this little section of Wikipedia for a second, just to get a little bit of background on it. Gog and Magog appear in the Hebrew Bible and the Quran as individuals, tribes, or lands. In Ezekiel 38, Gog is an individual and Magog is his land. In Genesis 10, Magog is a man and eponymous ancestor of a nation, but no Gog is mentioned. By the time of Revelation 28... Jewish tradition had long since changed Ezekiel's Gog from Magog into Gog and Magog. So it's kind of a confusing thing, and it, it varies from chapter to chapter, book to book, and religious group to religious group. You know, Jews, Muslims, and Christians all have different ideas about what this is. But there is a section here about modern apocalypticism. A lot of people believe this to be like an apocalyptic thing, like a, an apocalyptic prophecy. George W. Bush tried to convince Jacques Chirac, who was, I believe, the French prime minister at the time, when the Iraq war was about to happen, 2002-2003 era, he tried to convince him to go into Iraq with the United States because this was a Gog and Magog situation. He believed that this was like an apocalyptic end of days set of events that he was putting into motion by entering Iraq. George Bush did. Jehovah's Witnesses have different beliefs about who they are and who the King of the North and the South are. Right now, I think they've identified the King of the North as Russia because they've been because Jehovah's Witnesses have been persecuted in Russia. But, you know, Jehovah's Witnesses have a bad track record to say the least of naming apocalyptic prophetic things and and times. Probably a bad idea to name any of that stuff for them because it's ended badly every other time they have. Anyway, let's just take a quick glance at this section on Wikipedia about modern apocalypticism on Gog and Magog. 
In the early 19th century, some Hasidic rabbis identified the French invasion of Russia under Napoleon as the War of Gog and Magog. But as the century progressed, apocalyptic expectations receded as the populace in Europe began to adopt an increasingly secular worldview. This has not been the case in the United States, where a 2002 poll indicated that 59% of Americans believed the events predicted in the Book of Revelation would come to pass. During the Cold War, the idea that Soviet Russia had the role of Gog gained popularity, since Ezekiel's words describing him as the Prince of Meshech, Rosh Meshech in Hebrew, sounded suspiciously like Russia and Moscow. Even some Russians took up the idea, apparently unconcerned by the implications. Ancestors were found in the Bible, and that was enough. As did Ronald Reagan. God. See, it's permeated our culture for, like, ever. Some post-Cold War millenarians still identify Gog with Russia, but they now tend to stress the allies among Islamic nations, especially Iran. For the most fervent, the countdown to Armageddon began with the return of the Jews to Israel, followed quickly by further signs pointing to the nearness of the battle. Nuclear weapons, European integration, Israel's reunification of Ju Jerusalem in the Six-Day War in 1967 and America's wars in Afghanistan and the Persian Gulf. Yeah, all of these things are deeply significant to apocalypticists in the U.S. Jehovah's Witnesses believe that the United Nations is the, the beast described in Revelations with seven heads and ten horns, but a lot of like evangelicals believe it's the European Union, the EU, that joined all the member states together into one big beast. It, it's just ridiculous apocalyptic nonsense. And it's disturbing that they believe this stuff because that means there's a silver lining behind every mushroom cloud in their mind. Really disturbing stuff. Anyway, thank you for the voicemail. Hopefully I gave a little bit of context to it. Hey, Owen, Luke from Missouri, watching one of your clips where Greg Locke said that he was against Eastern mysticism. And I'm, I mean, to me, all of the Abrahamic faiths would also be Eastern mysticism because they're mystical and they're Eastern. But I'm curious what you think as far as how he sees himself in all that. Thanks. Yeah, I don't think there's any nuance with Greg Locke. I think you're viewing this with a nuanced lens, which is good. You know, we should be viewing things with nuanced lenses. But Greg Locke is all black and white. It's all black and white with the guy. He doesn't consider any other possibility he just hears eastern mysticism and thinks to himself that's evil that's witchcraft that's satanism anything that is not christianity as he understands it is satanism and witchcraft even other christians are satanists and witches he believes himself to have the same powers that witches have greg Locke does like the ability to divine information fortune-telling, and, and all of that other stuff, the same stuff that he believes that witches can do. He just thinks he's getting his power from God, and they are getting theirs from Satan. That's really the only difference for Greg Locke. You make a good point. Christianity is kind of Eastern mysticism to some degree, right? But that nuance just goes right over the dude's head. He's, it's not even connecting in his head. Anyway, thank you so much for the uh, voicemail. I appreciate it. Got like five voicemails before that with him trying to say it the right way so i'm glad he finally got it. i feel like this was the best take personally thanks for the uh, voicemail lou 
Lou says, hey, man, my Twitch chat is screwed up, but I heard it. Thank you and love you, brother. I have lots of problems keeping a running thought for 30 seconds, so I appreciate that you're okay with it. Of course, absolutely. Thank you for the voicemails. Hey, Owen, my name is Adam. Uh, As a fellow person who suffered religious abuse as a child, how do you deal with the emotions that come with uh, cutting your parents out of your life and uh, just not having them there? Uh, Thank you. Bye. Yeah, I appreciate the voicemail. It has been an uphill battle. It's been difficult. But I'm sure you know, as well as I do, we had no choice We had no choice. We had no choice but to go through what we did. If I could have found some way to keep in contact with my family, I would have. But it wasn't an option. And for that reason, I say I'm not strong because I made it through. I'm strong as a result of making it through. When you make it through a tough situation like that, you find some way to adapt, for better or worse. You find some way to cope with it. You'll probably feel like and look like a train wreck coming out the other side after the harmful shit that you had to experience, but you will make it through and you will be stronger as a result. That's kind of my perspective on the whole situation. If I could have found a way to stay in contact, I would have. There's just no way. And I found my way through life without my mom or my dad anyway. So here we are now. I feel like things have gone pretty well, and I can take solace in that fact at the very least. Next, we're going to talk about Mike Lindell coming right off the hinges, if he was on him to begin with. Give us 30 seconds, and we'll be right back. You're listening to the Telltale Channel. Don't forget to check me out on all social media, Patreon, Twitter, Teespring, and Etsy. All links can be found in the description or on my website, telltaleatheist.com. Mike Lindell has a storied history of making absolutely unhinged claims. His most recent one included an announcement that he was going to sue all machines. I don't know if you guys remember this or not, but give this one a listen. It's from early March 2022. Um, I'm going to tell you right now we're doing I've been working on it five months and we're doing a class action. You know, actually, I'm announcing it here. I announced it on my program. You all watch FrankSpeech.com. Keep watching. <laughs> he has always got a plug. What Frank Speech, uh, Lindell TV, and all of his other social media and all that stuff. I mean, I guess I can't fault the guy. I plug stuff, too, from time to time. That's the Arizona state flag in the background, by the way. I think he's speaking in Arizona here. Um, the, um, but it's a class action lawsuit against all machines. Uh-oh and that they're defective devices, okay? I guess I'll borrow a joke from David Pakman and point out that my espresso maker has entered the witness protection program for fear of what Mike Lindell is about to do to it. Obviously, he means voting machines, but he didn't get specific enough to tell us what he meant exactly, so it's fun to poke at him. I have lawyers worked on this for five months. We're getting county commissioners, county clerks, 
they're all the plaintiffs and we've already got about 300 on board and we're going to get rid of these machines once and for all for any election in history. The interesting thing about this is that it's not unheard of to sue inanimate objects. Like, for example, there's this thing called civil forfeiture, which is absolutely awful. And it's basically where police, if they stop you and you have any amount of money on you at all, they can just take it and keep it. Civil forfeiture. I think the legal process behind that involves suing the money. So, I mean, there are a couple of weird little legal loopholes or legal quirks that allow you to sue inanimate objects from time to time. Mike Lindell suing voting machines is absolutely ridiculous uh, it, from top to bottom. The guy, for the past four years, basically, or more, the guy has gone on unhinged rant after unhinged rant, becoming more and more unhinged as time went on. Is the dude even on the hinges anymore? Honestly. Anyway, so that was one of his more recent debacles that he took part in. Like I said, it was like March 2022 when that happened, I think. Well, guess what? He's got more debacles happening right now. This one is mid-June 2022. This is on Lindell TV. Again, the guy is a billionaire. He got so incredibly rich by inventing a new type of pillow, okay? I mean, I'm sure you know this, but I want to put this into context to really illustrate how completely, like, ridiculous this whole situation is. I want to put it into context what kind of a bizarre world we live in all of a sudden. The pillow man... Mike Lindell, the billionaire pillow mogul, now runs Lindell TV, okay? This TV network with all kinds of far-right extremist stuff on it. And on his show, as it turns out, he goes on there mid-June 2022, and he tells the host that Walmart has canceled him. After he pulled a bunch of election shenaniganery, like in the past six months to year, he was canceled by a bunch of people they didn't you know Coles didn't want to sell his pillow anymore neither did target bank of america dropped him because of all the unhinged questionable stuff he's been engaging in not because of his political opinions there are a lot of people out there with far-right extremist political opinions who are still selling their stuff through target and walmart and working with bank of america those companies don't really care about that. What they care about is not being subpoenaed by courts for Mike Lindell's records. What they care about is not being tied to somebody that is completely disconnected from reality. That's why these companies are canceling Mike, because he has gone completely off the deep end at this point. So listen to what he had to say about Walmart canceling him or you know, not selling my pillow anymore. And I said, I get it. You're canceling us. And he had to smirk on his face and I slammed the computer. Disgusting. Shame on you, Walmart. Shame on you. You know, just because you thought you could wait until now for the American people, for the people of this country to sit there and do a slow cancel out. It's just as bad. You should have just done it on day one. When I uh, when I stood up with the evidence out there, that's what they should have done, Brandon. You know, they're they're cowards. They're disgusting. It's kind of weird to me that Walmart didn't cancel him when everybody else did. Mike Lindell, of course, claims to have evidence of fraud in the election. All this stuff, he doesn't. He held this whole cyber symposium 
where he claimed he was going to come out with all the evidence and show it to everybody and you wouldn't be able to deny it after that. There was no evidence. It didn't show us anything. He was completely full of it the entire time. That doesn't matter, though, of course. The guy's going to continue to come out and say he showed the evidence to everybody. So anyone who believes that the election was legitimate after he showed it to us belongs behind bars, blah, blah, blah. He didn't show us any evidence. That's the problem. You show me evidence of wide-scale fraud enough to flip the election, I'll believe it. That is really all I need. That's all I need. Unfortunately, you haven't provided it to me or anybody else so far. Anyways, everyone else canceled him when that symposium took place, is the point here. Target and Kohl's and a bunch of people, they dropped him after that. Walmart didn't. Apparently, Walmart is just now parting ways with him. And and you know what? If Walmart doesn't want to work with somebody, that's their right. They don't have to. They're not legally obligated to sell a product in their store. So he's really, really upset over Walmart doing that. But he's not just upset over Walmart doing that. He decided to take it a step further. Listen to this one, mid-June. This is on RSBN. He's talking about Walmart in the very beginning here. Walmart is still selling my pillow, even though it's not me. Yes, correct. And they're trying to, yes. Is there any evidence that they're selling your pillow? Or I guess, (laughs) is he saying his pillow or my pillow, the brand? I, I can't tell what he's talking about. Is there any evidence that they're selling your pillow, Mike. Maybe they have stock that they're selling off and they're not going to buy any more from your warehouse. Do you ever consider that? The dude just comes out with the strangest accusations. And just wait, just wait. It gets even stranger. It hasn't gotten to the craziest part of this clip yet. And they're trying to uh, disguise it so the public doesn't go crazy on Walmart. But you know what? They're lying, everybody. Walmart is lying to you and to everybody else. And the and the Wall Street Journal, I mean, the Wall Street, the Wall Street Journal called me, Brian, an hour ago. And he said, uh, he asked me two things. He says, um, do you think this was because you've been fighting, you know, doing all the stuff you're doing for the, um, you know, I'm sure he'll put conspiracy, right? Yes. Yes. Do you think it's because you're a conspiracy theorist? I believe so. I mean, just speculating. I wasn't in the room when Walmart made the decision, but, it, you know. What differentiates you from any other pillow manufacturer? The fact that you're a complete conspiracy nut or butter. Getting rid of the voting machines and everything. And I said, absolutely it is. They have huge ties to China. Walmart has over 10,000 vendors right out of China. They don't want American-made stuff on their shelf. They want China. Wow. Okay. So I guess Mike Lindell thinks that Walmart wanted to stop selling my pillow so that they could sell a Chinese knockoff. That is what the guy only has conspiracy theories in his head. Honestly, he only has conspiracy theories in his head. That's possible. You know, that's a possibility that that's the case. If it is, provide evidence for it. You can't go out there, claim whatever you want and expect anybody to believe you. Unfortunately, people do believe this guy. How do you turn into a billionaire by selling pillows? If I knew the pillow market was so, like, booming, I would have gotten into the pillow industry, like, years ago. I had no idea pillows were such a hot commodity that it could turn you into a billionaire. I covered this clip last week, too. Listen to this one. He says he has more evidence to release now, apparently. There's even more on top of what he supposedly already released to prove the election was false. ...event on the 16th and 17th of July, everybody. It's going to change everything. And I'll tell you, all the influencers that are invited, 
thousands of podcasters and TV hosts, radio hosts, that this is going to be the voice of the world. I'm going to, Brandon, I'm going to invite people from overseas, big organizations that have a big influence on the world. They're the ones that are going to be there. And they're going to be handpicked. I'm picking them. They're going to be there. And they're going to put out their voice. And you know what? After those two days, if there's any politician left in the United States that says there was no election crime and that they really are in love with those machines, they can sit behind those melted down prison bars made from those machines right next to Brad Rassenberger. We can build a whole big old new prison for all the people that were part of the election crime of 2020. I guess he says he has more evidence and anybody who doesn't believe that evidence can go to prison. I am so deeply glad that this guy isn't in a position of political power right now. Although, if that's not disturbing to you, let me show you another interesting clip I totally forgot about. Listen to this clip. This one is from April, early April 2022. This is Mike Lindell's response to being asked if he would be Donald Trump's vice president. I think, I think, that, I think you better ask the other guy. <laughs> I think if it's up to him. All right, all right, you guys. Uh, I'll let you get to your photos, but Mike, thank you so much. God bless Mike Lindell. Are you kidding me? I guess being a pillow mogul qualifies you to be the vice president or even the president. So that's where we are right now with Mike Lindell. The guy wants to jail anybody who doesn't believe his conspiracy theories. And they're not even good conspiracy theories. They're not even convincing. He says he has evidence. He doesn't. He, he simply doesn't have evidence. It's piss poor, all of it. I just, you would think if he's going to pour tens of millions, maybe hundreds of millions of dollars into all of this, you would think that he would at the very least bring something convincing to the table, but no. And of course, in comes Steve Bannon to take advantage of this poor guy's mental condition. There's obviously something very wrong, like deeply wrong going on with Mike Lindell. I feel that's completely obvious to everybody at this point. Steve Bannon brings Mike Lindell on to talk about the January 6th hearings and all the evidence that Mike Lindell has, and it it goes as expected. Listen to this, mid-June 2022. I only got a minute. I got a couple of questions. I just need yes or no. Has the committee, has the committee reached out to you to go through all the voluminous material you have about the election of, of 3 November 2020, sir? Yes or no? He says... One word answer, yes or no. You guys want to pause the video and take bets as to whether or not it's a one word answer? No, they haven't. And it's really, and that's sad too, because I've offered, I love to come to your little committee as long as you nationally televise it there, Miss Pelosi. Wow. Okay, first of all, Pelosi isn't running the January 6th hearings, it's a bipartisan committee of Republicans and Democrats, and it, as far as I know, Pelosi's not involved in it at all. She's not on the committee, she's not spearheading the committee, she's not nothing. Correct me if I'm wrong in the comments here. I don't think Pelosi's involved, but they have turned her into a villain. They have demonized her to just a, a weird, disturbing degree. Anyway, the point is Mike Lindell wants to be called in. He wants to be interviewed for the January 6th hearings. Mike, you don't have the evidence. You already presented it to the world and it was either piss poor or not there in the first place. He held this gigantic cyber symposium, made a big deal out of it and said, you know, no one's gonna be able to deny the evidence after they see this. There was nothing there. He didn't show us anything of substance. He just made some questionable spurious claims about how 
China hacked the routers of the Dominion systems and blah, blah, blah. They weren't connected to the Internet, Mike. The voting systems weren't connected to the Internet. Nobody hacked the systems. So anyway, yeah, that's where we're at with Mike Lindell. Listen to Bannon's next question for him. Little committee, as long as you nationally televise it there, Miss Pelosi. Okay, fine. Number one, so they're they're too gutless to get the information you have. If he had any information of value, he should just release it to the world. And that is actually exactly what he did. He held a big cyber symposium, releasing it to the world. It was piss poor. There was no evidence there. I don't know why he thinks the January 6th committee would be interested in having him come in and repeat all the same stuff he said before. It's just nonsense. Has Bill Barr ever reached out to you to ask any questions, given all the high profile that you have about this, about anything that you found regarding election fraud? In the okay, this question is interesting. Has, has William Barr reached out to you to ask you any questions about your evidence? Why would he? He was the head of the Department of Justice while Trump was the president. He's not the head of the Department of Justice anymore. In fact, he wasn't even the head of the Department of Justice during the January 6th events. He resigned before that. Why would William Barr have anything to say to Mike Lindell? They're just spinning up a conspiracy theory and getting people worked into a blood frenzy over it. That's all they're doing here. Has Bill Barr ever reached out to you to ask any questions, given all the high profile that you have about this, about anything that you found regarding election fraud in the last two years, sir? No, and he's actually avoided me, Steve. I mean, I put out stuff, you know, he tried to get stuff to him in the past, and it's a complete block. Yeah, I don't see why anybody would want to talk to Mike Lindell, least of all William Barr. He has nothing to do with anything. William Barr would have absolutely no reason whatsoever to talk to him. Since we're talking about Steve Bannon, he was on Lindell's TV network. Like, apparently he has a show on there. He went on there and outlined a plan that he has for when Republicans take power back. Listen to this take this very seriously because 13 or 14 generations of this country have sacrificed to hand us the republic we have and we're not going to be blown off by somebody like bill barr bill barr we're coming for you bro you're sitting there lying about this if you had any decency whatsoever you'd have reached out to kathy before you smeared her william barr i don't know if you guys have seen the january 6th hearings in case you haven't let me just give you a little bit of background the january 6th hearings are taking place right now where congress set up a committee to investigate the events and the people involved in january 6th in orchestrating the whole thing William Barr testified at the January 6th hearings that he saw no evidence of widespread voter fraud, certainly not enough to flip an election or anything. And obviously, the far right is disintegrating over it because William Barr is a staunch Republican. He's been a Republican since the early days, since he was a kid, basically. So William Barr coming out and saying, this is ridiculous, none of this adds up, you're full of it, that holds weight. And Steve Bannon and others, especially Mike Lindell, are all very upset. And out of a sense of revenge, presumably, Steve Bannon is outlining exactly what he intends to do when Republicans take power back to, to William Barr. Before you smeared her, you would have reached out to Dinesh D'Souza before you smeared him. William Barr didn't smear any of these people. It's propagandistic nonsense. 
You know, reach out to Greg Phillips. We smeared them and the entire team of an 18-month investigation is still going on of eight or ten hours of interviews that you could do and sit there and find out the details in the second and third order magnitude of what they've already thought through before sitting there. And so this is the type of crap that we're stopping. You're just not going to sit there and phone this in and throw it a couple lines. We're going to deconstruct this and we're going to rub your nose in it and then we're going to come after you legally. We're not just going to sit here anymore. The days of the deplorables and the days of MAGA just sitting there and our betters telling us what it is. I don't know why it got cut off, but he says are over. Those days are over. Were they ever here? Did did MAGA extremists and quote unquote deplorables, self-described deplorables ever not cause drama? I mean, these are terrorists. These people are. I mean, the, the people that he's referring to are extremists and terrorists. They're completely unhinged, deeply dangerous, deranged people is who he's talking about. The people in his audience that he's referring to specifically are deeply deranged. Did these people ever just let others live their lives? It seems to me that their whole lives are about causing drama. I think Mike Lindell is a true believer. And I honestly think he has some kind of a mental condition. I don't know what's going on up there, but I don't think that he's... I don't think he's handling this situation well. I don't think he's doing well at all. If you disagree with me, let me know in the comments. Mr. QTube, first name Fa. I bought two my pillows in 2017 before he went nuts. I now have buyer's remorse, right? I think I have a couple of them, or maybe just one lying around. There's actually a better, higher quality pillow brand out there that you can get. I forget what it's called now. Somebody bought me one, uh, like a family member got me one a while back, but it's way, way nicer than my pillow. A little bit more expensive, but I'm glad my money isn't going to this wingnut. So consider getting one of those instead. Again, I don't remember what the brand name is, but um, there are they're out there. I mean, you just got to look a little bit. They're definitely out there. Emily Sigmund, I don't understand why people keep interviewing Lindell. Does the public even care what he has to say? Do far-right Republicans enjoy hearing from him? Far-right Republicans do enjoy hearing from him, yes, a lot, for one thing. And for another thing, he gets invited to a lot of events, which is largely what I covered. Like, in the very beginning, he went to an event. People pay him tens of thousands of dollars to speak in an event. He's very high profile. And for a third thing, he has his own TV network, Lindell TV. A lot of the stuff I watched was from his TV network that he runs, that he's on. Uh, three of like the five or six clips I covered were from his TV network, Lindell TV. So anyways, yeah, he is still very influential, unfortunately. That's why we cover him. Next, we're going to talk about extremist politicians I've covered who lost their elections. Give us 30 seconds and we'll be right back. You're listening to the Telltale Channel. Don't forget to check me out on all social media, Patreon, Twitter, Teespring, and Etsy. All links can be found in the description or on my website, telltaleatheist.com. I've been covering Christian nationalists for a while, and some of them just had their primary elections. So I wanted to go through a list of some of the extremist politicians that I've covered in the past who lost their elections. A little bit of good news should cheer you up a little bit. The first one I want to talk about 
is Rachel Ham. Take a look at this video, mid-March 2022. This is, of course, before the election. This is leading up to it when she was trying to garner votes. Listen to this. Satan also has a plan for your life. And that's something that I think is sometimes eye-opening to people. Like they don't realize how much there's a battle over your life and over your destiny and how we have to war to sometimes get ourselves into that promised land. And for me, the war started really young when I was. Yeah, that's completely extra biblical. I have no idea what she's talking about. Satan has a plan for your life and he's warring to blah, blah, blah. I don't remember reading any of that from the Bible. She's just making stuff up and pretending that she got it from the Bible. But she can do that because her viewer base, her audience, her voters believe that she's something special. As you'll see in a little while, they believe her to be a prophet, somebody who, who communes directly with God and communicates the messages that God wants the rest of society to have through her. In preschool, um, my mom was a stay-at-home mom, so I was normally home with her, but then she had to have surgery on her neck, and it was going to be quite the, the recovery process and going to be just a long journey. So my grandmother offered to put me in preschool since it would be hard for my mom to recover and also take care of me. Okay, so far the story hasn't thrown any curveballs at me. Your mom had surgery, so your grandma sent you to a preschool. Got it? So... She took her up on that, and the preschool was a coven that was run by witches, and really it was... Now we have a curveball. The bottom line, what she's trying to communicate is that our school system, from grade one, from the very first moment you enter it, is trying to indoctrinate you into Satanism or into witchcraft. That's what she's trying to communicate. She was running for Secretary of State for California, by the by. Again, she lost. I just want to show you guys what kind of people we have running. The cover was that it was a preschool, but in reality, it was a coven where they were training children. Why would they need a cover for that? It, covens are perfectly legal in the United States. You're, you're perfectly allowed to train anybody to do anything you want. There is nothing illegal about having a religion and teaching your kids that religion. They wouldn't need a cover. Just the whole story from beginning to end is nonsense. It doesn't make sense at all in any way. It was a coven where they were training children in satanic rituals and in all things satanic. And I get that she doesn't understand this, but Satanism and witchcraft are not the same thing. Was it a witch coven or was it a Satanist group? They are two different things, actually. She knows so little, she doesn't know how little she knows. This is called the Dunning-Kruger effect. Satanic rituals and in all things satanic and how to be a Satanist, literally. And then they literally like teach you how to cast a spell. Um, we had to make covenants, which I have undone all of that now. You know, One thing that's interesting is I had been told in the preschool that my, my firstborn would belong to Satan. And I did not have conscious memory of that on an ongoing basis until later. I remember, remembered that at one point. Yeah, so what she's doing here is nearly perfectly mirroring this story that a woman told in the 1980s. She told this story to her therapist 
who she then started having a sexual relationship with. And then the therapist wrote a whole book about these stories that this woman was telling him. The book was called Michelle Remembers. And again, like, it's all the same stuff. She was subjected to satanic ritual abuse is what she called it. And she went into vivid detail. Jesus interrupted one of these rituals and they were trying to sacrifice her but jesus blocked it out of her mind blah 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 it was this big exercise in false memories basically and it was the thing that kicked off the satanic panic of the 1980s people went completely nuts over satanism in the 80s there were like tens of thousands of reports of these preschools and elementary schools trying to teach satanic rituals to kids none of them were verified. None of it came true. None of it was actually real. It was all fabricated in the 1980s. I mean, it was a real panic. People were freaking out. People were being threatened by, you know, by people like this. She is almost perfectly mirroring what that book had to say, Michelle remembers, and claiming that she was subjected to these satanic rituals. Absolute nonsense. And I honestly can't believe that we're here in 2022. Like I said, luckily, she lost. Secretary of State of California, that's what she's running for, and she lost the election. She lost her primary. She didn't even have a chance to run because she lost the primary. Rachel Ham got 263,000 votes. 263,000 votes. 9.5%. Shirley Weber actually won with 63% of the vote, roughly 1.7 million votes. So that's something. But 263,000 people in California endorsed this woman and her message and believed she was the right person for the job. That's disturbing stuff, dude. So take a look at this. This is her response to losing. This is a tweet. Rachel Ham. When you fought the good fight and had an honest contest and lost, that's when you concede. So in my case, there will be no concession. Stolen elections equals stolen republic. Election integrity, God help us. That's Rachel Ham for you. Like I said, she lost, and that's what counts. That's what's important. That's good news. We can celebrate today. Take a look at this one. Do you remember this lady? This is Candace Taylor. Some know her as Guns, Jesus, and Babies woman. She was driving around in a campaign bus like this. It says Jesus, Guns, Babies on the side. She was running for governor in Georgia against Brian Kemp. She's trying to beat him in the primaries. She lost. She got three and a half percent of the vote. Luckily, this is Stu Peters on the left. She went on the Stu Peters show to talk about her election before she lost. Stu Peters, by the way, he's a talk show host. He was on radio and I think he's on some TV network. He's now a flat earther. He doesn't believe NASA's explanation for the globe Earth. So anyway, that's neither here nor there. Listen to Candace Taylor's appearance on Stu Peters show. Again, Stu Peters helped her run her campaign and filmed a lot of her campaign commercials. You're going to absolutely destroy the Georgia Guidestones, demolish them, bulldoze them, and reject their demonic message. Georgia Guidestones, if you're unfamiliar, they're just some, it's just some monument in the middle of Georgia, like anybody cares. They just have some weird inscriptions about how to rebuild society if it collapses, and it acts as a calendar and a compass or a clock or something if you need. I forget what it is. Anyway, they're just it's just a big monument. Nothing to be conspiratorial about. But she made it a centerpiece of her 
election. She's going to demolish the Georgia Guidestones. I don't know how she can justify that. I, I think they're private property. They were built by somebody and put up like by a private citizen. It wasn't a government project. But again, that's neither here nor there. Once and for all, you're the only candidate willing to go head to head with the Luciferian cabal. You went to these Georgia Guidestones with our executive producer, Lauren Witzke, and part of our film division. How did you feel when you were there? It was overwhelming, really. You know, it was kind of surreal. And I was kind of in awe of how many people showed up there and the people walking up there. They looked like they were walking up there trying to find something, looking for something. And, you know, in my heart, I was in the car praying, they're looking for you, Jesus. They were just coming to see a monument. That's it. There was nothing more to it. They weren't looking for Jesus. They just wanted to see a cool monument. They're looking for you. And as they're looking for you, they're finding this in my state, this in the Bible Belt, this conservative. And it made my skin crawl. They're not looking for Jesus there. No, but they're looking for him and don't know where he is. And they're going to this satanic place, hoping to find something to satisfy that need. That's absolutely unhinged, dude absolutely unhinged so anyways yeah that's uh that's candace taylor once again she lost her election she got three and a half percent so what was her response to losing listen to this one early june 2022 this is how she responded to losing her election i wanted y'all to know that i do not concede i do not and if the people who did this and cheated are watching i do not concede she's playing the trump card if you will which is to say she's lying and manipulating and taking advantage of gullible people and their fear and anger that is the trump card in my mind she is trying to destroy democracy by undermining faith in the election system even further as if trump didn't do a good enough job destroying faith in the election system this was her not versus a Democrat. This is her versus Republicans. She's facing Republicans in a Republican election run by the Republicans. And she's still lost. And she's calling it cheating. Georgia will not allow me to. I want you to feel inside of your gut a righteous anger for justice. I want you to pray specifically Specifically, I want you to pray for dark to be brought to light, for justice for the state of Georgia. You know what's weird to me? Rachel Ham prayed that angels protect the election, too. And she asked her voter base to do the same. And Candace Taylor asked for the same exact thing. She asked or she prayed for angels to protect the election system. And then they lost. Seems to me, if God really does answer prayers, if there are angels around at all, and you really are a spiritual person, you would accept defeat. You said the prayer. That means God's going to make sure everything is above board, right? I don't know how she can sit here and pray for God to protect the election, and then she loses, and she says the election was insecure. Either God's listening to prayers and didn't want you in, or God's not listening and there was cheating. You can only have it one way. You cannot have both. So anyway, needless to say, Candace Taylor 
is also contributing to the destruction of democracy. Check this next one out. This is Mark Burns. This clip came out mid-November 2021. Listen to this guy. I'm excited about the growing movement, especially here in the 4th District of South Carolina, of people who are identifying themselves as just Christian conservatives, right? We got to take it back to the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I believe the people here in the 4th District of South Carolina are getting that. It's not just about being Republicans. It's about being a conservative Christian who believes this is a Christian nation. And any policy that is contrary to the word of God, we need to remove it from uh, from mainstream America and make it illegal. The First Amendment contradicts the First Commandment. The Constitution is completely contradictory to the Ten Commandments. You cannot have both. So what this guy really wants is to remove the Constitution completely and replace it with the Ten Commandments. That's called dominionism, a real thing. This is a real ideology that real politicians have, dominionists. And there are, honestly, too many dominionists in government right now, too many of them. He was running for U.S. Congress, just House of Representatives, in South Carolina's 4th District. That's what he's running for. And guess what? He lost. Another person loses. This is the kind of news I'm glad to bring. I don't remember exactly what he got, but he lost by a lot. It was fantastic news when I found out. Just for good measure, though, take a look at this next thing that he said. This one came out in mid-June. This is direct, or sorry, early June, directly before his election actually took place. LGBT, transgender, grooming our children's minds is a national security threat because it is ultimately designed to destabilize the republic we call the United States of America. That's why when I'm elected, I don't want to just vote. I want to start holding people accountable for treason to the Constitution. So if you're LGBT or if, or if you're an ally even, not just LGBT people, but allies, he wants to charge you with treason is what he's saying. And what does he think the punishment for treason should be? We need to hold people for treason, start having some public hearings, and start executing people who are found guilty for their treasonous acts against the Constitution of the United States of America, just like they did back in 1776. Yeah, so his plan for LGBT people and allies is to hold them for treason and give them the death penalty. That's his plan. Disturbing stuff. Disturbing stuff. Disturbing on an entirely new level. But like I said, he lost. Largely, the primaries have shown us that people, for the most part, want stability. They're going more toward traditional establishment figures that have been in the position for a while or, or who are going to return America to some level of normalcy. Generally, that seems to be the trend. Like I said, these are the primaries. So this is Republican against Republican. A lot of Trump extremists, like the people I've shown so far, have lost. However, that's not all of them. There have been a couple Trump extremists who've won, one of which is Doug Mastriano. Now, Doug Mastriano is a senator currently, Senator Doug Mastriano, and he's running for governor of Pennsylvania. He won his primary. So he is going to be going up against a Democrat in November to see which one's going to be the governor of Pennsylvania. And this is an incredibly influential and important race 
If you live in Pennsylvania, you absolutely must get out and vote in it. It's very, very important. I would venture to say it's the most important election of your lifetime outside of the 2020 presidential election because Doug Mastriano has influence over the elections and how they go and the electors that are sent and all that stuff. He can be used as a tool to pick the next president if the circumstances align just right. So it's an incredibly important election to vote in. So who is Doug Mastriano? A little while back, late April 2022, he went to this conference called Patriots Arise. And I'm going to talk about Patriots Arise in a second, but just watch his appearance there. Listen to this. God is really working in our state. I know things are dark. I know it's not going to be easy, but we're going to win on May 17th with your help. And he did. Like I said, he did. He won his primary on May 17th. And in November, we're going to take our state back. My God will make it so. (laughs) It's going to be beautiful. Pennsylvania is going to be the freest, most hopeful. Like, they love to pretend that they're all in favor of freedom. People like Doug Mastriano absolutely are not in favor of freedom at all. They are deeply in favor of tyranny and authoritarianism and will do whatever it takes to get there. Most constitutionally based state in the nation. People are going to want to move here and Maryland as well. (laughs) Wouldn't hold your breath. I think he mentioned Maryland because there's another Maryland politician uh, candidate at this event with him. We're going to unleash the potential, the energy and resources God has given us underneath our feet here. It's going to be a place of prosperity and hope. We're going to, we're going to fuel the New England and middle, mid-Atlantic states. I mean, it's going to be amazing. And, you know, you think Florida looks good? Amateur hour after we're in charge. <laughs> Deeply disturbing stuff, dude. Deeply disturbing stuff. So who was running this conference is the question, right? Like, what is Patriot Arise? It's a full-blown QAnon conference. It doesn't try to hide that fact. It's a QAnon conference run by this person right here. This is Francine Fosdick. That's her name. And her husband. I forget his name. But anyway, they're the Fosdicks. This clip is of Francine, late March 2021. Listen to what she had to say to her friend Kirsten Weldon. Biden, yeah, he took the shot. So that's another way of saying, okay, he's eliminated as well because that's not really Biden behind that mask. I mean, you know, some people- His eyes are black. What, the other yeah. Biden has blue eyes. What right. They believe that Biden took the vaccine and was replaced with a clone. There may even be a demon in that clone. They're not sure. Yeah, exactly. Unless he's totally possessed, which could be, you know, uh, true, um, you know, taken over by demons and stuff. That's not even the craziest. I looked for some of the craziest stuff. I've got a lot of crazy stuff from this woman, but it was too long to include. So I had to find one of the shorter clips. Kirsten Weldon, by the by, her friend here, another QAnoner, she sadly died of COVID last year, last April, I believe. It wasn't long after her appearance here that she died of COVID. I don't celebrate anybody's death. I wish that she could have pulled it together and figured things out just gotten vaccinated but here we are anyway francine fosdick ran the patriots arise conference as i said and invited doug mastriano and he came she even gifted him a sword while he was there 
full-blown QAnon conference. You want to be even more disturbed by this whole thing? Mastriano received a master's degree in strategic intelligence from the Joint Intelligence College in 1992. Is there any chance this guy actually believes any of the stuff he says? Is there any chance that he's actually a QAnoner? Or is he just manipulating gullible suckers, trying to fleece them for everything he can? I can't imagine somebody who went to an intelligence college in the military actually believes in QAnon. I can't imagine a situation like that. In my opinion, I think he knows exactly what he's doing, and he's using QAnon to his advantage. If you disagree with me, let me know in the comments. There is one more person I wanted to cover, though, and that's Herschel Walker. Herschel Walker won his election, too. If you want to see me talk about that, stick around for the next segment. Next, we're going to talk about Christian Walker, Herschel Walker's TikTok famous son, losing his mind at everything and everybody. Give us 30 seconds, and we'll be right back. You're listening to the Telltale Channel. Don't forget to check me out on all social media, Patreon, Twitter, Teespring, and Etsy. All links can be found in the description or on my website, telltaleatheist.com. that is Herschel Walker's son, Christian Walker. He's something else, to say the least. Um, if you're unfamiliar with who Herschel Walker is, I'll be talking about him and the problems that I have with him and his ideology in a little while. He won the Georgia primary for senator. So he's going to be running against Raphael Warnock for senator in November. Deeply concerning for a number of reasons, but as it turns out... His son, Christian Walker, is TikTok famous. So I figured we'd take a look at a few of his TikToks. I think it's going to be endlessly entertaining, honestly. Let me give you a little bit of lead up to this one. As it turns out, we just found out that Herschel Walker has two kids that he left behind, who he never talks to, he doesn't see, doesn't talk to or deal with the mother in any way, shape, or form. Two kids that he left behind and left to be raised by their mother with no influence from him whatsoever. That information just came out, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago. It came out after his son Christian had this to say on TikTok. Dicks, baby mama, get home and raise your kids and take care of the women you're knocking up. Can you control your thing for three seconds? I get it. You want to go bang everyone. Can you just stay home and raise your kids? Oh my gosh! Yeah, so uh, that's a little hypocritical. You know, I think David Pakman mentioned this, but if Herschel Walker had come out and said, I have two kids that I didn't raise and that deeply bothers me and people need to work on that. I, I've, I'm coming from a point of experience and I feel like we need to solve this problem. If he had come from that perspective, it wouldn't have been hypocritical necessarily. This is just pure, unadulterated hypocrisy. This is what he's running on, Herschel Walker. This kind of thing. What his son is saying here. Get home and raise your kids, blah, blah, blah. Fatherless homes and all that stuff. You know, standard Republican talking points about this. And his son is out here saying all of this. Well, come to find out, 
He has two kids that he hasn't seen in who knows how long. He has two kids that he left to be raised by the mother alone. But enough about Herschel Walker for the moment. Let's focus in on his son a little bit, Christian, shall we? This one came out early June 2022. This is a humdinger of a video. Check this out. Honey bun, why do you need a month to celebrate who you sleep with? Newsflash, nobody cares. You have all your rights. Now shut up. You take a pride month out to run around the streets with no clothes on and hook up in public, and then you want to run around crying, oh, I'm so oppressed, no one likes me. Well, stop pushing it in everybody's face. No one cares. But the truth of the matter is, you want everyone to care because you need attention. It's 2022. We can barely afford gas in America. Nobody has the time to run around worrying about what you do and policing your actions. Get over your insecurities and leave everyone alone. Oh, and by the way, pride is a sin. Where to start? Where to start with that? That is absolutely, I just don't even know. Notice all of the Republican talking points that he laid down there, though. Listen to this, the, listen to this part again. It's 2022. We can barely afford gas. Yeah, this is all Republican talking points. They seem to be obsessed with blaming Joe Biden for the for gas prices. Guess what? America actually has obscenely low gas to median income ratio as compared to other countries. There are some countries out there who pay 50% of their median income for a full tank of gas. You make $1,800 a month, it costs the equivalent of $900 to fill your tank. Seriously, there are really countries out there with that problem. America has it so obscenely good, so good, compared to how other people have it. And guess what? In addition to that, it's not Joe Biden's fault. This is a worldwide problem that's happening right now. That's a combination of inflation, Russia starting a war against Ukraine, and greedy gas companies. Those are really the three causes of the, the gas prices that we're dealing with right now. But all that nuance goes right out the window when you're dealing with people like this. Listen to this other part of what, what he said here. Listen to this one. Pushing it in everybody's face. No one cares. But the truth of the matter is, you want everyone to care because you need attention. Yeah, a minute ago, he also said, you have all of your rights. You're not fighting for anything. You're equals, blah, blah, blah. Okay, I see your claim that LGBT people are not persecuted, and I raise you this video. The LGBT transgender grooming our children's minds is a national security threat because it is ultimately designed to destabilize the republic we call the United States of America. That's why when I'm elected, I don't wanna just vote. I wanna start holding people accountable for treason. We need to hold people for treason, start having some public hearings and start executing people who are found guilty for their treasonous acts against the constitution of the United States of America, just like they did back in 1776. This is disturbingly common in the political landscape right now. I honestly have no idea how we backtracked so rapidly, but LGBT people, especially trans people right now, are being mistreated to a disturbing degree. Technically, everybody has the same rights. We're all equals on paper. That's true. But actually, members of the LGBT community are treated horrifically worse than white, straight, cis men. 
we have the data and the facts to back this up. People are doing everything they can to suppress the LGBT community, to repress them, to try to force them back in the closet. They don't want this normalized and they'll do anything they can to prevent it. That's where we're at right now. That's why Pride Month is so deeply important. I know I don't need to say all of this. I just want to make sure that it's perfectly well understood by everybody. Somebody asked this dude, Christian is his name again, Christian Walker. Somebody asked him why he doesn't identify with BLM or the LGBT movement. This one came out mid-April 2022. Listen to this. Rainbow cult, you want to sleep with whoever? Then you do it on your own time and leave everybody else alone. And then, and then people love to go in my face. Oh, how do you not identify with BLM and the rainbow cult? Because you're this, that, you're this, that. Because that's not my identity. My identity is my good character, is my skill set. I would never minimize my identity to be who I'm sexually attracted to. Or my skin color. So how dare you? <laughs> um, yeah, no. I don't run my, I don't run my life off group think, off mobs off going to the club and getting drunk? No. So don't loop me in with that. Me when someone calls me little rich kid on Twitter as if that's supposed to be an insult and he's leaning back holding a bag, an expensive bag or something apparently. Am I oppressed or a little rich kid? L-M-F-A-O-O-O-O-O. Deeply sad. Deeply sad. This guy was propagandized so terribly when he was younger and is now the propagandizer, is now spreading nonsense and logical fallacies regularly. Really, really sad stuff. Just for good measure, here's another video, early February 2022. There was a song playing in the background. I cut it out and replaced it with something that's copyright safe. He's just kind of running around. Oh, falls on the beach. He's laughing, running. Keeps running. Got a tiny little speedo on. Seems to be a speedo, right? Seems to me that that's what that is. Running around. Wow, it looks really dark wherever he is. Like, look at the sky. It's about to rain. What are they doing there? They should be indoors at this point, seems to me. Anyway, so that's Christian Walker. Like I said, he's TikTok famous. An incredibly influential TikToker. Disturbing on so many levels. So now I want to talk about his dad. Herschel Walker, because as I said, Herschel Walker won his primary race and will be facing off against Raphael Warnock in November to win the senator's seat in Georgia. So let's take a look at who this guy is. When he was running in the primaries, when he was trying to win his primary seat, he was going around to a bunch of churches and stuff and holding these political events. This is March 13th, 2022, when this came out. And this was him preaching at a church. Listen to this. You don't see him there, right. or you can't feel him. You don't hear him sometimes. Talking about God. But he's there. And let me tell you the reason he's, he's there, because you remember when, uh, when he said, let there be light. You know, there had to be light. So somebody had to store it. Let there be light, because something had to be created here. Come on. Okay, so he's saying that he knows that the world was created in six literal days because there is a sun, and if there is a sun, then somebody must have created the sun? Am I reading this correctly? It can't possibly be that stupid, his argument, can it? So when the light was created here, that means somebody up there had to say, let there be light that the earth started, and then he had to put someone there on earth. Remember, Adam was there. 
Remember, Adam came there, then Eve came. So somebody had to start it out. It is that stupid. In fact, it is. How did you rule out a natural phenomena? How did you rule out the possibility of aliens? Maybe aliens appeared and decided to kickstart everything. You don't know what aliens are capable of. I really don't get this. How did you find your way to Yahweh, father of Jesus, who sacrificed his life for your sins, is the one who kickstarted everything? How did you get there? Walk me through your process. His process of getting there is, the Bible says so. That's it. So that means it had to be a God. Because it didn't just, uh, some bomb blew up and it started out. And then I, I tell you something else I heard. And I... He thinks he's just checkmated every atheist. Look at this. The level of, like, arrogance here just blows me away. Because it didn't just, uh, some bomb blew up and it started out. And then I, I tell you something else I heard. And I think about this. Because at one time, science said man came from apes. Did it not? It did not. Okay, let me rephrase that. We are apes. Man is an ape. We are the fifth great ape. We didn't come from apes. We didn't evolve from monkeys or any of the other things that creationists, like young earth creationists, like to say. We are the fifth great ape. That is a fact. Go on, Herschel. I'm listening. Did it not? I've, That's I, when you, know, you go I'm, to the every science. Time, every time I read or hear that, I think to myself, you just didn't read the same Bible I did. Well, well this was interesting, though. See, that's interesting to me. You just didn't read the same Bible I did. Okay. If you want to believe this for theological reasons, fine, whatever. Science does not back your position. They seem to be pretending that science is on their side in this situation. Like, Herschel seems to be alluding to the idea that science is behind him, and it's ridiculous to think that we evolved. Well, well this was interesting, though. If that is true, why are there still apes? See what I mean? The dude thinks science is on his side, like he's got some gotcha question. I feel like everybody asks this question at, at one point in their life when they're first learning about how all of this works, and there's no shame in that, so let me just explain. Humans are the fifth great ape. We branched off from modern-day monkeys the same way that languages branch off from each other. Spanish and English have a similar root language, right? They kind of split off from each other at, at some point in time. If English exists, then why is there still Spanish? That's the exact same question he's asking right now. He's just talking about monkeys and people. That's the only difference. It works exactly the same way. Spanish can exist and English can exist simultaneously. We both came from the same root language. But like I said, he thinks he's got us in some kind of like an atheist checkmate or something. If that is true, why are there still apes? Think about it. You know, now you're getting too smart for us. No, 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 no. Think about this. We have an evolution that is we've gotten so intelligent that if that is true, why are there still apes? And then the conception of a baby. Let me tell you, science can't do that. Not yet. There will almost certainly come a time when it can. And then how are you going to argue this? trying to do it come on but it can't because there had to be a god there doesn't have to have been a god for science to make any of these achievements so when god came and said now let me create this and god created the earth and he put adam and eve there and stuff and then this what was so funny this is what makes it even better even in that little garden he said uh from this place you got all the freedom just like you got it in the united states you got all the freedom do whatever you want to do but then he said Nah, don't mess with that tree over there, because you mess with that tree, you will surely die. So you had 
rules and regulations. Again, he thinks he's got us in some kind of a gotcha moment when it's just absolute ridiculousness to the core. Why did Adam and Eve need rules and regulations? Weren't they perfect? Couldn't they do absolutely anything they wanted because they would live forever? Why would God put a tree in the middle of this garden that he knew would kill them? It seems to me like putting a baby in a room with rat poison and hoping the baby doesn't eat it or saying, don't eat it. The baby wouldn't understand why or what effects it would have or any of that stuff. It just knows you told it not to do something and now it's intrigued. Why didn't God put them on the other side of the planet? When they did eat it, why didn't he quarantine them and create a new breeding pair? Like all of this could be so easily solved by a a simple solution every step of the way. There are so many different easy solutions God could have done to prevent this from happening. And he didn't take any of them. I mean, from an all-knowing, all-wise, all-powerful being, somehow I'm outsmarting him by just suggesting a couple of basic things. Put him on the other side of the planet or create a new breeding pair after quarantining them. Two simple steps. He didn't do any of them. What happened? I thought he's the most wise being in the universe. Herschel Walker, as it turns out, he has a solution to the gun problem, too, that he wanted to present to us. So he goes on Fox News, and he makes some recommendations to solve the gun violence problem. Listen to what he said. See, that is a person wielding that weapon. You know, Cain killed Abel. You know, and, uh, you know, and that's the problem that we have. And I said, what we need to do is look into how we can stop those things. You know, he talked about doing a disinformation. What about getting a department that can look at young men that's looking at uh, women that looking at uh, just social media? What about doing that, looking into things like that? And we can stop that that way. But yet they want to just continue to talk about taking away your constitutional rights. And and I, I think there's more thing we need to look into. This has been happening for years. And the way we stop it by putting money into the mental health field, by putting money into uh, other departments rather than departments that want to take away your rights. What's the name of that condition that football players get after having their head rammed into a wall enough times? CTE? Is that the name of it? I feel like this dude has CTE. I'm not trying to be offensive or or anything to the guy. I really think he has CTE. I really do. But let's step back and listen to this line by line now that we've heard the whole thing because I want to be charitable to him, you know? I don't want to discount what he's saying. Maybe people fumble around their words all the time. It happens. I've been on live streams where I feel like I couldn't get a sentence out. So let's be charitable and honest and really try to be nice about this and, and understand what the guy's trying to communicate. Listen, listen again. It's a person wielding that weapon. You know, Cain, Kia, Abel. Bringing the Bible into it, immediately I have a problem with it. I don't give a shit what you think Cain wielded against anybody. It's completely irrelevant to the subject of politics. We're not talking, this isn't church. You're on Fox News, you're supposed to be representing yourself as a politician who's trying to come up with solutions to gun violence. How do you do that? Talking about Cain and Abel is not getting us toward a solution. You know, and uh, you know, and that's the problem that we have. And I said, what we need to do is look into how we can stop those things. Stop what things? I don't understand. Again, I'm I'm giving him a lot of latitude here and assuming he was just fumbling over his words, but he's not making any sense here. We can stop those things. You know, he talked about doing a disinformation. 
right here, I think he's talking about that organization that Biden was trying to form that was going to detect Russian disinformation campaigns. I forget what it's called now, but Biden was trying to throw together like an organization or like a committee or whatever to investigate Russian disinformation and how it's spreading to try to prevent it from spreading, which is honorable. That's what he he just threw a buzzword in there is what it seems like to me. About those things, you know, he talked about doing a disinformation. What about getting a department that can look at young men that's looking at uh, women that looking at. Uh... I assume here what he was doing is he just had a verbal glitch that happens. What he meant to say was create a department looking at young women that are what? Looking at uh, women that looking at uh, just social media. Okay, create a department that are looking at young women that are using social media. How's that going to stop gun violence? Why would we do that? What's wrong with looking at social media? Are you in favor of freedom or not? So many questions. I'm trying to cut through the verbal glitches and the little hiccups and be charitable. I want to understand what the guy is saying, but I feel like it's an uphill battle. I really do feel like the guy has CTE and there is nothing knocking around up there anymore. Social media, what about doing that, looking into things like that, and we can stop that that way. But We can stop gun violence by creating a committee that will investigate young women looking at social media, is what he's saying? That's his suggestion to solving this problem? Yeah, they want to just continue to talk about taking away your constitutional rights. And, and I, I think there's more things we need to look into. This has been happening for years, and the way we stop it, by putting money into the mental health field. I think that's a sound suggestion, Herschel. Absolutely, I think it is. That is actually the first suggestion that the guy has given that even relates to the gun violence problem, even a little bit. Putting money into the mental health field. That that was his suggestion. Okay, I don't know what all of that was about with women on social media and Cain and Abel and all that stuff, but this is a standard Republican nowadays. This is the kind of thing we're dealing with right now. This is who's running against Raphael Warnock, and it is close. The last polls I saw showed almost a perfect 50-50 split. There is a 50-50 chance we'll get Herschel Walker or Raphael Warnock in the Senate. If you live in Georgia, go out there and vote, please. Go out there and vote. Out of interest, I've got one more clip. Let's just take a look at this one. August 2020, he went on Glenn Beck's show. Check this out. Do you know right now I have something that can bring you into a building that will clean you from covert as you walk through this, this dry mist? He's telling us he has a mist that will cure COVID. That's what he's telling us. As you walk through the door, it will kill any COVID on your body. EPA, FDA approved. Nonsense. Complete and utter nonsense. When you leave, it will kill the virus as you leave this here product. Then I have something. You can go and spray down this product. Do you know they don't want to talk about that? No, because you're full of it. It is so deeply immoral and wrong that he's trying to peddle a mist that will cure COVID like this. This was actually from the Rachel Maddow show. This guy could be the next senator of the United States. He won his primary, and he's going up against Raphael Warnock next. We've got to get out there and vote. I honestly think this guy's got CTE. I really do. I think that he's got mental problems that may not be fixable at this point. 
all of the head bashing that he did in the 80s, I think he won those championships in the 80s because he was an NFL player for a while. All of that head bashing he did is finally catching up to him, and he has a chance to be our next senator. Let me know in the comments if you think he's got CTE or if he's just a weird fella. Thank you guys for coming and giving this a listen, and I will talk to you next week. If you like what I do and you want to make sure I can continue to do it, you can support me in a few ways. First, you can support me on Patreon. That's probably the best way. But if you want to get something back for your support, you can check out my Teespring. I sell all kinds of shirts and stickers and stuff on there. Second, you can support me by checking out my Etsy store. I sell 3D printed stands for every system from the original Nintendo to the Xbox One. And finally, if you want to support me in other ways, you can check me out on my other channels. I have the podcast channel, which is where I talk about whatever's on my mind. Politics, social issues, whatever. You can also find it everywhere podcasts can be found. Or you can check out the videos on my main channel where I focus on destructive cults. As it is with most channels these days, I rely on the support of viewers like you to keep my channel alive, so sharing my work is extremely helpful. Anyways, check me out in all those places if you haven't already. Thanks for listening, guys.